listeners, it's time for the best hour of radio. Music to go to the dump by. I'm talking about the music, not the commentary. <laughs> oh, come on, the commentary's fun, too. Well, yeah, I mean, every now and then. Who is this? I meant to ask you that. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. This, this is just the theme we inherited. I guess. Okay. All right. Works for me. I know the tune is called Dumpy. Well, well okay. That's the, the, I have no more questions. And That's perfect. Was, I, I don't remember who wrote it, but it was written by somebody who is like top ten of of song singers, writers, and, and yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Kind of makes you want to dance, don't it? It makes you want to swing a stein of beer back, a stein of beer back and forth. It's got, it's got that oompa feel to there it you go. underneath. First, first musical rendition I've picked out for you. I I just like you to play it, and then I will explain to the dumpsters after they hear it why I chose this particular song. time you take a sip in this smoky atmosphere you press that bottle to your lips and I wish I was your beer and in the small there of your back your jeans are playing peekaboo See the other half of your butterfly tattoo. Hey, that gives me an idea. Let's get out of this bar, drive out into the country, and find a place to Bye. 
We go. Our listeners are the best, by the way, uh, yes. Dave. Uh, we got a call from someone, and the theme to the dump, it's, as you said, is called Dumpy. That was written by Paul Anka. You know, and I knew that too, but I, I had one of them senior moments. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have a lot of senior moments. Um, uh, apparently, there's a, as you get older, the amount of information you can store in your brain seems to seems to shrink a little bit, and, and thoughts keep. Now, can I remember the lyrics from a song in 1962? You betcha. From, sure you can. Yeah, from start sure to finish. But why did I walk into the room? Um, I, I'm not always so sure. So. Yep. So, why did I pick that song? Well, let's go back to last Saturday, dumpsters. About ten minutes before we was getting ready to go on the air, I, I was walking down the back stairs to, to pick out some, some more tunes. And I I felt a little tug on my, my left side just ab- above my belt. And I'm going, what the heck? And I, of course, the lighting's not that good down there. And I'm looking and I'm going, wow, I've, I've, I've bumped up against something sharp and I've rolled up some skin or something there. And I, and I'm giving it a tug and it doesn't want to come in. And then I finally give it a good tug and it comes and I, and I get it between my thumb and my index finger and I'm looking at it and I'm going, son of a, it's a tick. Yeah. A deer tick. Yep. Um, Ten minutes before we do our first music gold dump by deer season program, I show up with a deer tick. Well, that's it's it's sort of fitting for the season, and and that's what you got to look for uh, again because I'm outdoors on weekends uh, a lot of the year. Um, they're they're around they're around more than you think, and uh, yeah, you definitely you definitely want to uh, check it. I, I'm glad you caught that because that's well, not good. I, I went to Express Care. Um, I, I, first off, I stopped up to see Rick up at the mobile station because I knew Rick had had a run in with ticks and, and he didn't have a good time with it. So I wanted to know what to do. And of course, Rick wanted to hear, but Scotty said, go to express care. So up I go. Meanwhile, I have saved a tick between, uh, I, I found a piece of duct tape down here. <laughs> okay. It's probably holding some piece of equipment together, but I, I figured I, I needed a way to, to, preserve that tick so i put it between uh, the duct tape and and up i went and of course because of my body heat the tape did not want to come 
off from the tick. So I told the doctor up here that she's probably going to have to surgically remove it from that piece of duct tape, which she did. And she's looking at it, and she goes, whoa, that looks, I believe the word she used was engorged. Yeah. Okay, that is not a word that has ever been in my limited vocabulary. Until today, I have never used it in a sentence. But you used it properly, and that's what's important. Well, now, I did not look up the definition, but here's Farmer Dave's definition of engorged. I think it means a little bugger climbed onto the all-you-can-eat blood buffet and was trying to suck me dry, right? (laughs) Yes. If you look at the dictionary, I think that's what's there. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think I give as good as I got. Because while he's trying to give me Lyme disease, I'm thinking, you little bugger, you're going to die from type 2 diabetes complications. <laughs> Your revenge. So, so, so then, of course, the good doctor told me that, well, you need to, to check for rashes. And I said, well, where I, where I got bit? She said, no, it could be anywhere. So I said to her, you're not familiar with music to go to the dump by, are you? Because we have a song that talks about that. And, well, let's, let's, I couldn't get it to play in the other room, but I'm hoping it plays on yours. Okay. I stepped out of the shower, got a good look at myself. Hot belly, bald head, man, I thought it was somebody else. I caught my reflection in the mirror on the back of my bathroom door, and I just don't look good naked. Anymore. So I'm going upstairs and turn the bedroom mirror to the wall. I hung it there when I was trim and tall. I'd stand there and smile and strut and flex until my arms got sore. But I just don't look good naked anymore. Well, I used to go out with the girls. I loved them, one and all. Now they don't get very close to me. They're afraid that I might fall. Well, I went to the doctor for my annual medical exam. Stood there in the buff. Suddenly he said, Man. I said, What is it, Doc? Some fatal disease? I just got to know the score. He said, no, you just don't look good naked anymore. Well, me and my wife had a dance routine. Everybody said it was unique. Now it's only when we're back to back that we're dancing cheek to cheek. Well, I went to a nude beach for a little seaside fun. Stretched out in my birthday suit, soaking up the sun. Somebody yelled, hey, there's an old white whale washed up on the shore. I just don't look good naked anymore. Yeah, my arches fell, my chest went to hell, and my butt's a-dragging the floor. And I just don't look good naked anymore. Boy, that applies to a lot of us, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Hey, you know what I was wondering about? Those those folks, I think it's up in Coventry, they they had a, a, a nudist camp that, that got bought by a, by a private. I'm wondering, because you never hear about those nudist people having issues with ticks. Now, is it because the fact that you are 
naked, and then everybody can see every inch of you that they go, oh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but you've got a tick on your left butt cheek. That's that, that that's the first thing I thought of is is that basically um, any any ticks you have would be immediately visible to your co-nudist camp um, inhabitants. I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it up. Well, you know, another thing I was thinking, maybe the naked body is so repulsive to the ticks <laughs> that they don't bite you. I don't. I don't know. That that's an interesting question. So yeah, you, you'd have to. So I can see we, we might be able to get a government grant for this, right? Um, where we take where we take uh, different types of people with different types of naked bodies, and then we offer them to the ticks and see and see which one the ticks go for. This could be good. Th- this could be good for seven figures if we write up the grant proposal well, properly. I, I was thinking that we have to have a different hunting season. We need to have tick season. Oh yeah. Now. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do this, but basically you go out in the woods. You don't have to be a hunter because, well, I wasn't a hunter. I think I got it cutting firewood at 74 degrees in November. Right, but, right. So you go out and you, you get all ticked up, and then you come into a tick station where we check you and we take the ticks <laughs> off, and there'll be a bounty on ticks. At first I thought a nickel, but then I said, Judas Priest, a nickel, that'd be like hitting a jackpot. Oh, yeah. A lottery. So I thought maybe... Maybe a cent a tick. I don't know. All right. So if, if the folks at Fish and Wildlife are listening, uh, and, and that way it would fall in that category, right? Wildlife? Yeah. Yes. And n- not fish, but ticks are certainly wildlife as far as I'm concerned. So They, they are. Yeah. So, All, right. All right. Now, if about ticks, I guess we got to get into, I mean, it is deer season. Week and, two. Week uh, two. Yes, and we have a song dedicated to week two of deer season. And here it is. Or not. Maybe. Hey, there goes one. There we have it. Hey, you shot my cow. It's the second week of deer camp. I got a swollen head. I'm lying with the dust balls underneath my bed. And icy breezes blowing in through the tongue and groove. My pants are frozen to the floor and I'm too sick to move. I didn't drink too many, only 30 cans of beer. It must have been that last shot that put me under here. It's the second week of deer camp and all the guys are here. We drink, play cards and shoot the bull but never shoot no deer. The only time we leave the camp is when we go for beer. The second week of deer camp is the greatest time of year. I remember playing poker, that weasel must have won. He's wearing mine with swampers and sleeping with my gun. He's snoring like a chainsaw, the camp smells like a dump. Someone's dirty underwear is hanging on the pump. Buckles in the wood box, cleaners passed out on the stove. His flannel shirt is smoking, I wonder if he knows. It's the second week of deer camp, and all the guys are here. We drink, play cards, and shoot the bull, but never shoot no deer. The only time we leave the camp is when we go for beer. The second week of deer camp is the greatest time of year. Beetle's crawling through the door, I think he got frostbite. He passed out in the outhouse, and he'd been there since last night. 
Goofus stumbles through the door, he says he got a buck. He was coming from the wayside, and he killed it with his truck. And Musty cracks a beer and says, it's time to celebrate. Goofus got the first buck since 1968. It's the second week of deer camp, and all the guys are here. We drink lick arts and shoot the bull, but never shoot no deer. The only time we leave the camp is when we go for beer. The second week of deer camp is the greatest time of year. It's the second week of deer camp, and all the guys are here. We drink lick arts and shoot the bull, but never shoot no deer. The only time we leave the camp is when we go for beer. The second week of deer camp is the greatest time. All right, second week of Deer Camp, the Yappers. Yeah, there you have it there. All right, we'll do a little business and be right back. It is music to go to the dump by 921 on Radio Vermont. Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. All right, now it is time to hear from my favorite outdoor reporter in regards to the deer season, Mr. Mort Buckbottom. Well, thank you very much again there, Dana Jules. Hello, everyone out there at our radio land. This here is Mort Buckbottom, deer slayer extraordinaire, broadcasting to you live from the great outdoors on this the opening morning of deer season. Getting out here in the woods, communing with nature this way always brings me back to the golden days of my youth when I would rise from my bed in the wee small hours of the morning to smell the bacon frying on the camp stove, pulling on my wool pants, disregarding both the horrible itch and the draft wafting in through the hole in the seat in my desire to hit the woods with my father who was quite possibly the greatest slayer of whitetails this side of them fancy-pants Benoit fellas over there at Duxbury. Well, my father was 367th Abenaki Indian. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, make that Native American. And he seldom needed more than just a few minutes on opening morning to stalk and subdue his quarry. Most mornings we was barely off the property before he'd find himself a buck. Not only still bedded down for the night, but generally mounted right up under a pile of leaves and brush in an attempt to camouflage himself and thereby elude detectification. Well, my old man was not to be deluded. He'd pump a couple of rounds into that brush and quicker than you can say steaming gut pile, our freezer would be stocked for another year. Unfortunately, old Pyre will not be joining us this morning as he is uh, currently enjoying a, well, a state-mandated hiatus from hunting due to a slight misunderstanding over artificial lighting. <coughs> well, we hope to have him out by Christmas on good behavior. <coughs> well, anywho, this is Mort Buckbottom, trophy hunter extraordinaire, with another hunting update right here on 550 and 96, whatever it is, uh, WDEV to Waterbury. I'm glad Moore got one of them right. That was yeah. yeah that was the, 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 that was good on his part. Yes, it was. I, I enjoy listening to Moore. He's a he's quite a character. Uh, he is. He is I mean, apparently quite the family. I, I, I love the temporary hiatus arranged by the state. Yeah, yeah. Some confusion over artificial lighting. It's just you know it's it's just one of those things hunters run into. Well, it's up to 
I was up to George Woodard's here a week or so ago. He's uh was doing some filming for his movie and it was uh we were shooting at night and I, I said, George, you ain't making a movie. <laughs> you're, you're spotting deer for crying out loud. And he said, Well, when I came up in the field he said there was eight of them, but now you can you could just see their eyes back inside the woods looking around. What yeah. are these people doing? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. well it, it guess it's always good to have a I mean George George has always liked an audience, so I'm sure I, I I'm I'm sure he appreciated that. Yes, yes. We we entertained a deer that night. <laughs> um now th- this next song has absolutely nothing to do with deer hunting but if ever there was an excuse not to come into work, these boys have got it. <laughs> Dear sir, I write this note to you to tell you of me plight. And at the time of writing, I am not a pretty sight. Me body is all black and blue, me face a deathly gray. And I write this note to say why Paddy's not at work today. While working on the 14th floor, some bricks I had to clear. Now to throw them down from such a height, it was not a good idea. The foreman wasn't very pleased, he being an awkward sod. He said I'd have to cart them down the ladders in me hod. Now, clearing all these bricks by hand, it was so very slow. So I hoisted up a barrel and secured the rope below. But in me haste to do the job, I was too blind to see that a barrel full of building bricks was heavier than me. So when I untied the rope, the barrel fell like lead. And clinging tightly to the rope, I started up instead. While I shot up like a rocket, till to my dismay I found that halfway up I met the bloody barrel coming down. (laughs) Well, the barrel broke me shoulder as to the ground it sped. And when I reached the top, I banged the pulley with me head While I clung on tight though numb with shock from this almighty blow And the barrel spilled out half the bricks fourteen floors below Now, when these bricks had fallen from the barrel to the floor I then outweighed the barrel and so started down once more Still clinging tightly to the rope I sped towards the ground And I landed on the broken bricks that were all scattered round. Well, I lay there groaning on the ground. I thought I'd passed the worst. When the barrel hit the pulley wheel and then the bottom burst. While a shower of bricks rained down on me, I hadn't got a hope. As I lay there moaning on the ground, I let go the bloody rope. The barrel then being heavier, it started down once more And landed right across me as I lay upon the floor Well, it broke three ribs and my left arm And I can only say that I hope you'll understand Why Paddy's not at work today Is it just me, or does stuff like that always sound funnier with an Irish accent? I, oh, I, I'm just, not quite sure what. It just does, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 kind of like a, a Bugs Bunny or or a Road Runner, and a, you just you, you can picture I exactly mean, every word. You're yeah. like, yes, <laughs> that was very cool. <laughs> All right, so every now and then we like to play some local talent. Well, we have lots of it. Yes, we do, and we we have a gentleman by the name of Mike Woodard. I live at the bottom of the hill. Mike, well, he's up at the top of the hill. So 
little local talent, Mr. Mike Woodard, the Carey Boys, and I think there's Hollis Pratt is on the, uh, I think, the mandolin. Come on in, boys. finish there so oh oh sorry I, I i didn't wait for the last rifle shot so for longtime listeners maybe wondering you mentioned the carry boys so that was a mike woodard dennis carry and yes that's mike that's mike carry's son uh mike obviously a long time morning uh a, a dj here at dev and a uh, chad carry is is dennis's son if i'm reading this properly so yeah that's a 
that's a couple different generations. It's of a it. tradition. It, it's definitely yes. a tradition. Family so, tradition. Yeah. Uh, so Dennis Carey, uh, Chad Carey, Jeremy Smith on the guitars, and Hollis Pratt, as you mentioned, on the mandolin. Got to take a break here. A little over halfway home. It's uh, 933 uh, here on News with Go to the Dump By. Greg Hooker is in the house. Greg getting ready for Outlaw Saturday morning, and he'll take things over um, at 10. And whenever Greg and I are in the same building, uh, we have to use certain phraseology. Uh, let, let me just say that Greg will be Gregtastic when he does um, his show today. So anyway, keep it right here for the dump. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. All right, what's next? Well, because of equal time, now, it's not just the guys that are out there hunting deer. No, no, no. The, the ladies are out there slaying the deer, too. Well, that's so, right. So this this song is, is dedicated to the ladies who are out there showing the guys how it's done. She was a woman with a name like Billy Joe. Don't talk to me about beginner's luck. She walked out the door and rocked a ten-point buck. She's a crow. Ah, she's a crow. There's a woman in our deer camp, don't you? Don't talk to me about beginner's luck. She walked out the door and Says hi, please take your boots off at the door. There are shutters on the outside. What you think? They're not camel or dark green. They're shocking pink. Cheats and crow, ah, cheats and crow. There's a woman in our deer camp, don't you? Don't talk to me about beginners alive. She walked out the door. There's a woman in our deer camp, don't you know? There are bunny rabbits painted on the walls and on the floor. There's a toilet where the gun rack used to be. And the sign says lift the seat before you pee. Cheats and crow, ah, cheats and crow. There's a woman in our deer camp, don't you know? Walked out the door and dropped a ten-point gun. There's a woman in our deer camp, don't you know? There are curtains on the windows, even on the shithouse door. There's the people where the playboys lie. And deodorant in case somebody died. Ah, oh, cheese and crow. Cheese and crow. There's a woman. Don't talk to me about beginners. She walked out the door and dropped a 
you know Who'd have guessed she was a woman With a name like Billy Joe So if you're trying to find us You should know We've got to keep this little deer camp on the road Jesus I don't know how much beginner's luck that was. She came out and took a and, t- and took a pen a, a, a ten point walking out the door. I, it sounds like that guy might be a wee bit jealous. I, I think you're probably right. You know it. Uh, wow, there's a senior moment going on with me right now. You know, last last weekend we had a, a Vermont author in here, uh, Stephen Russell Payne. Yep. Yep. And uh, he uh, he gave me an autograph. Edition of it's a it's a collection of Vermont short stories. It's called uh, Ties That Bind Us. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not much of a reader. I never have been. I mean, I'll read a technical manual if I'm working on a vehicle or right. or something to do with machining and or anything to do with a with a classic motorcycle. I'm I'm all over that. But this guy, I I have read this whole book. Wow. And, uh, Did, I, I assume you, if you read the whole thing, I assume you enjoyed it, right? It's not a lot of pages for most folks out there, I guess. But for me, it was, unless it's a, a page turner. <laughs> and, and this guy is writing about people that I can relate to. Yep. I have uncles that he's writing about in this book. Uh, no, you're saying there, okay, how did he get into the last family gathering we had and pick up all this stuff? Yeah, yeah because he's, he's a pretty, he's a pretty large man. He's, he's a, he's a big fella. And so it isn't like he could, could just sneak in and hide there. But <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed the stories and, and I can't say as I, I read it from, Start to finish because I picked around. Now he's got like one in here that says Sunday at the dump. Well, oh. it's, it's, it's nothing like the dump show, but it's it's, well, it's a it's a good read, you know. And and he's well, he's let me see, no sharks in Vermont. That's uh, probably right. Yes, that I'm, is I'm, true. I'm not going to argue with that. Yep, and uh, I don't know. It's it's just a, it's just a good read. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm I'm glad he brought it in and gave it to me. He's also got a book that he's written about Rick Norcross. Oh, jeez. Writing writing my guitar. Oh, boy. I've become a fan of Rick Norcross of late. He he sent me a couple of CDs, and and I have have played the hell out of them. Yeah. I really have. So the next book I'm going to get by... This author is going to be writing my guitar, the Rick Norcross story. Right. Let's give him the title of, uh, for folks who didn't get the title the first time uh, of the book that uh, of the book that you're referring to. Ties that bind us. All right, sounds yeah. like a good read. Yeah, I, it's, I, a, I, it's a like I say, it's a collection of, of Vermont short stories. All right. I'm, now I'm I also at... need to thank the ladies down in the front office, Charlotte and Kaya. Charlotte, she she burns the the CDs for me. Okay, like. Yep. I want to check you for ticks. And, of course, the next one we're going to play, I, that I think my dog's a, a Democrat, I want to thank Charlotte and uh, and Kaya because I, I come into the front office and I, I practically run my Saturday show by him to see if it's if it's a go. So thank you, ladies.
think my dog's a Democrat. And it breaks my heart to have to say an ugly thing like that. But there's a big old pile of evidence that all points towards the fact my dog might be a Democrat. Time Benghazi's on TV. He looks the other way. What difference at this point does it make? I know he's a liberal, even if he won't admit it. He pooped on my living room rug and tried to tell me George Bush did it. had some good times and he's been fun to have around but if he ever barks about my right to bear arms I'm gonna have to have him put down who's a good boy who's a good boy I pay for all his health care and I buy everything Government health, flea bitten Democrat. Dang it. <sighs> I 
I he's, think that's a dog song, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes, I, I, I think it is. It might lean to the uh, left a little. Well, right, but still, uh, you know, whatever the dog wants. So I want to pass on a quick note. we got to take a break, but uh, Forbes and Corinth, who, of course, is a, a font of information, called So uh, There's a Woman in Our Deer Camp. That song was written by Frank Mills, who lives in Stowe, and uh, Forbes mentioned that uh, Frank just celebrated his 90th birthday. So Frank is still around, and Frank, uh, if you're listening, uh, happy birthday. Uh, thanks for writing that song. And, and thank you very yeah. much for writing that song. Actually, so do you do you warm up for Thanksgiving dinner? There's a theory out there. There's a couple different ways you can go. You can starve yourself, so that you, and the theory being that you'll have a larger appetite, or you can train for it, where where you eat a lot before Thanksgiving and that somehow this will help you. I don't really need an excuse to eat a lot on Thanksgiving, so it doesn't matter what I do. I don't care. I have somehow reached that age where I take just a little of this and a little of that. and I don't know. Well, you got to save room for dessert is the important thing. I was going to say, so, so, so my brother-in-law is the king of um, – so we used to do family gatherings up at, uh, at, the, at the church here in Waterbury for Thanksgiving for, for my wife's side of the family. And um, if there were five or six different types of pies, he would take a small slice of each one on one plate because I'm assuming he didn't want to offend anyone. So he wanted to make sure he had one piece of pie from everyone who brought one. So that that's good of him to to, to take that on like oh, that. Right, right. You know, he's he I mean, it's a sacrifice, but but somehow he came through. Well, diabetic Dave would probably have to take an extra pill. <laughs> now, I don't remember what I gave you for the next Mighty song. Mighty Manly Hunting. Oh, yes. Another deer song. Mighty manly hunting men, all American males. Once a year we leave our homes to hit the hunting trail. We pack up the pickup with guns and pork and beans. Lots of toilet paper and girly magazines. We hit the ruts in four-wheel drive, then we crack a beer. By the time we get to camp, we're into crawler gear. We sit around that campfire, run and sniff each other.
up our favorite guns, put on our hunting shirts, grab a can of deer and give a couple squirts. Through the savage wilderness we move without a sound. Finally up ahead we see our favorite hunting ground. We all grab an empty post on Mahogany Ridge. Right next to that jukebox, the peanuts and fridge. Old swamp bucks all gather round, snorting shots and beers. Watching all those bucks in rock case to legged deer. Hunting is a manly thing, girls don't understand. We're the men, the hunters, the masters of the land. We post, we post, we lie a lot and drink a lot of beer. We felt, we stink, we bond, we drink and always get a deer. Big finish. There you have it. Now, without further ado, we've had dog songs, we've had deer songs, we've had hunting songs. I think it's time for a cow song. Oh, you take her for granted And you treat her, Lord knows how but if you were without her, think of where you would be now. You wouldn't have been, and you wouldn't have Jerry. You wouldn't have a Burger King or a Dairy Queen. What would Dallas call its football team? Because you wouldn't. Have a cowboy without a cow. Oh, the cow is our friend, a friend until the end. She's so gentle and so pure, she can even make manure. You wouldn't have leather jackets Hot cocoa in those packets You might have tennis rackets But who needs them anyhow? Cause you wouldn't have been And you wouldn't have cherry You wouldn't have a Burger King Or a dairy farmer so please don't harm her Cause you wouldn't have a cowboy without a cow Oh, the cow, she's our friend A friend until the end She lets us drink her milk but I cry over what we spill. I cry over what we spill. Oh, I cry over what we spill. Louis Frankel, the men of Maple Corners. There you fame. go. Yeah. Little little pedal steel to wrap that up there. I yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a good song. All right, well, I guess it's probably about time that, well, I repent. 
from all this. <laughs> we don't. We don't have time for that. From, well, it would be a long list. <laughs> Let's just say I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, to, to anyone that I might have offended today with anything I might have said or anything that we might have played, and I hope that you can forgive us and join us next week. But now it is time for the hymn of the day. Drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalposts of life. End over in neither left nor right. Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights. Drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalposts of life. Make me, oh, make me, Lord, more than I am. Make me a piece in your master game plan. Free from the earthly tempestion below. I've got the will, Lord, if you got the toe. And drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalpost of life. End over in neither left nor the right. Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights. Drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalpost of life. Take all the brothers who've gone on before And all of the sisters who've knocked on your door All the departed dear loved ones of mine Stick them up front in the offensive line And drop kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life End over in neither left nor the right Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights Drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalpost of life. Yeah, drop kick me, Jesus, through the goalpost of life. End over in neither left nor the right. Straight through the heart of them righteous uprights. Drop kick me, Jesus.